Today on Mission Live, we have got an interview with the Mission resident, Anthony King, along with more discussion about media framing. So hold on to your hats. It's Mission Live. Let's roll. gotta love the music. I think it's just so good, this background music. Hey, prepare yourself for heavy framing and emotional manipulation over over the homelessness and, and homelessness this election cycle. It's going to be, it's going to be a Amazing to watch. Uh, our first news article this week comes from Newsweek, and um, it says this: during during debate over a bill that passed on uh, the past Tennessee State Senate Wednesday that would allow misdemeanor charges to be filed for unauthorized camping on the public property. One senator made a distinct comparison to outline the potential future lives that could be led by homeless people. He said, I want to give you a little history on homelessness. This is Republican State Senator Frank Nicely. He says, in 1910, Adolf Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets and practiced his oratory and his body language and how to connect with the masses, and then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. So a lot of these people, it's not a dead end. They can come out of this, these homeless camps, and have a productive life, or in Hitler's case, a very unproductive life. I support this bill. Can you believe what he just said? It's hard to read with, with a straight face. There has been no greater emotional trigger used over the last 20 years than the association with anyone or any topic and Adolf Hitler. From the fear of being called a Nazi or the need to declare oneself as anti-fascist, Satan herself has finally found a person with a worse reputation in Hitler. So I'm just gobsmacked at this. I mean, oddly enough, the GOP senator was trying to somehow put a hopeful spin on homelessness. What a bizarre choice of people to use as an illustration. Undoubtedly, the, the intended, uh, intended by the senator was to draw some strange connection between the homeless and the infamous sicko, undoubtedly reported in every national paper to draw the conclusion that Republicans equate the homeless to Hitler. Ineffective and bizarre on both counts. I just can't figure this one out. Uh, it was all over the news last week. It just was striking. One might conclude that only someone who sees the homeless as little Hitlers would suggest that they could become people with productive lives. Uh, maybe that's the direction of the headline. Who knows? It was the freakishly bizarre headline of the day for of the week by my choice anyways okay the next one comes from the nation um it says this sweeping homeless encampments is cruel and unacceptable and we cannot sit idly by while police target the most vulnerable members of society. This is an article written by a guy named Malcolm Harris. He says, American mayors have a problem in the wake of the 2008 financial housing crisis. Homeless people have been gathering in encampments in greater numbers. Mayors indelibly associated with their cities do not like to be associated with the homelessness, and their rich, influential constituents don't like to don't like having to walk between the tents or see their neighbors who live in them. One by one, city leaders have embraced a hardline strategy of sweeps, relying, to, relying on police to drive unhoused people from the camps and destroy their belongings. New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, is making his potent political bones 
uh, with a total purge. Attacking the homeless for personal gain is the most despicable thuggery I can imagine, and we shouldn't let it happen without a fight. Again, uh, a more straightforward attempt at stirring class envy uh, with the resentment of the wealthy. We've got uh, a headline totally designed to frame uh, the police as those with is those evil people who target the most vulnerable with despicable thuggery. Um, I mean, listen to the words. And again, you know, the constant wording and framing intentionally used to have readers see homelessness, the, see the homeless as houseless and as victims rather than people who are reaping what they have sown by the choices they make. It's not the homeless who have a problem they're saying it's America's mayors. And again, you see just this, uh, the increasing, everywhere where homelessness is increasing, they're really trying to make political heyday out of it. They are really trying to uh, tug on your emotions and mine. Uh, they're really trying to uh, definitely sway votes by this whole thing. And uh, mayors who have definitely just uh, had policies that have added to the problem by all the free giveaways and everything are now wanting to come back and be seen as hard and firm, and they're making these sweeps uh, to try and clean up the problem that, frankly, they were part of, that they have played a part in, in enabling. But still, you have this issue of choice when are we going to honor somebody's choices? So if somebody says that they are going to be homeless, uh, that they're going to choose homelessness, when are we going to honor that by just letting them reap what they have sown? Say, okay, homelessness comes with all kinds of bad negative consequences, such as a cold ground, such as a hard ground, such as, well, it's hard to find food, such as it's hard to stay warm, all of those kinds of things. Instead, we want to say, you don't have to reap the consequences of those choices. We're going to pay for you to not have to face consequences while uh, you make any choice that you want. Our nation's moving in this direction left and right, and uh, boy, oh boy, are we going to have a fun election cycle. Hey, we have got our interview coming up, but before that, Let's do, we're going to do a, a little video of a person that graduated through our program named Crystal, who did a great job during her stay here. Let's see what that entails next. My name is Crystal Shaw, and I'm a current resident at the Mission in Grants Pass, Oregon. I've been there four months, and I'm leaving in two days. Crystal came to the Mission in October. Um, she was just about two weeks um, sober from using drugs and alcohol and uh, she came in with the intention of course to better her life but to get her two daughters back. I haven't had my kids in like five years. They were with my mom and dad. started doing my classes and at ADAPT parenting classes and then I started getting unsupervised visits with my kids. Well at the mission Crystal really got to get back in the swing of a schedule that a working person would have. She utilized parenting classes. She built a lot of skills, I believe, as an individual and as a mom. They got returned to me November 30th, so they've been with me a solid two months now. As the children's coordinator, I got to work really closely with Crystal in her parenting, as well as her girls, Mariah and Destiny, in our 30-day program and they set goals like improving grades and various things and they knocked them out of the park every time. They were really determined. I think their success is in part due to watching their mom and how dedicated she was to bettering their lives, to gaining independence. Oh, I'm moving out to the ADAPT departments, a really awesome place, fully furnished apartments um, for me and my two daughters. Crystal was honestly an ideal resident. Amy and I talk about now, can we have more crystals? Because she uh, really was just so dedicated to programming, to taking care of her kids, to getting jobs, and just getting back on her feet. And that's ultimately what we want, um, is for residents to be as motivated as Crystal was. I've changed a lot. I feel like I'm a better mom now than I used to be. 
I do want to say thank you to the donors for making such an amazing place to help us single moms and dads get on our feet and get our life back together. To the financial supporters of the mission, I'd like you to know that your money goes directly toward helping residents like Crystal go from homelessness to independence. Hey, good morning. We are back. I have got uh, Anthony King in the in the studio with me this morning. And um, Anthony, how long have you been at the Gospel Rescue Mission at this point? I've been here at the Gospel Mission Rescue for about the last thirty days. Thirty days, uh, just thirty days. Yep, just thirty seems days. Like, seems like with as much as you've accomplished during your time here, it seems like you've been here for longer than that for some reason. <laughs> well, there's a lot of opportunity here for one to to elevate yourself and to move forward, and I've taken advantage of the things that the gospel's given me to be able to to move forward in life. Cool, cool. Well, so we just saw a garden video, um, and that's really where I've seen you the most. You know, as far as uh, just around the facility, you just you know, hard working out there in the garden. Are, are certainly our raised beds uh, take some wear and tear over the from from season to season, and uh, they look fantastic out there right now, man. And I appreciate a lot of that's due to your hard work on that. Well, I appreciate that. It's been a group effort, though. Everybody yeah. here uh, has kind of um, helped to keep good spirits, and I've had leadership from the gardener, the main gardener here at the institution. Yeah, um, the David, facility, James. David James. David yeah. James. Yeah, and uh, he's been pretty helpful kind of explaining what was in the past and so how we can have a fruitful year this year. Yeah. We've improved the soil and improved uh, on part of the layout. So we're going to have some weed barrier and things this year will help us keep, keep a lot of productivity in the garden. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's really great. So, well, maybe uh, for those who don't know you here, uh, you know, can you, can you tell me a little bit about your story about, you know, kind of what landed you in a gospel rescue mission? Uh, yeah. After a long life of, of, really selfishness and uh, battling with um, some alcoholism and emotional problems with me and my family. Um, I got to the point to where I, I really was focused only on my own agenda and I ended up, you know, uh, disgracing, uh, my, you know, my way of life and, and offending a lot of the people around me. And so I ended up losing everything, my home, my job, wow. my, my, my wife, my kids, and uh, I got in a position to where I had to make a choice. And it's taken about six years now of hard work and dedication, and I've come back around and, and been walking with the Lord. And so when I came to this town here, I thought, you know, how could I be of use and where can I stay? Yeah. And the mission was available to me. And so I came through the doors, and since then I've been working forward, and I was able to actually get closer to God while I've been here. I've been able to reconnect with some of my family, Good. and it's just been a very positive and and fulfilling experience. Nice, nice. Did you, um, were there any, like, did you have any reservations before coming to the mission? Uh, oh, absolutely. Like, what what kind I, of things? Did the you same do? stigmas that I had myself had before, yeah. before when I was a younger man, you know, when I was working hard and doing good, I'd look over at something like this, a, a mission or, or homeless, and I'd say, you know, those people are the ones that are below. Those people are the troublemakers. Those people are the ones that have some backstory that's, that's, that's horrible or heinous or any excuse to elevate myself in that moment. Right. You know, and then the life hits you and you realize how much of a hypocrite you've been. And you come back around and you think of this, the door and you think, now well, I'm going to go into that place, you know. Uh, but it had to take a leap of faith and move forward because the word and the hand was always there, yeah. you know. And so I came through the doors thinking that I was going to come in and get Bible thumped, bunk to the head. Yeah. But I came in and said I found a, a welcomingness yeah. and I found fellowship. Good. And it's, and it's been something that... Um, 
it was something that at first I did not want to do and I was scared to do, yeah. but it was the best decision I ever made in my life walking through those doors. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, that's great. Well, and, and you're one of those guys that really uh, come in and, and hit the ground running. I mean, you know, there's, there's, uh, when we get people that come in kind of, you know, they're, they're, they've got a broken idea of what is uh, going to happen here. They've got a broken idea about how to fix kind of the life that they've got messed up. And, and a lot of times their ideas kind of clash with ours and, and we've got to get them to kind of go, Hey, let's, let's just walk together for a minute. Let's, let's kind of find a, a spot where we can come in sync with each other and uh, some common goals, some mutual goals, and then let's work that out. Right. Let's between the, between the two of us. And, and, uh, and, and so the harder that they fight against that, the less comfortable their stay is. But you're one of those guys that just walked in and it seemed like you were, you know, God must have just had you in a place where you were ready, uh, as far as I can tell, because, boy, look at you go. Um, so what kinds of things have you been doing since you've been here? Well, since I've been here, I was able to first uh, take the time to sit down and, and speak with other people in the community that are equally residents here and learn some of their back history and story sure. and realize that we're not alone and that there's there's more community um, around you than you realize if you sit down and talk with them. So I was able to build my fellowship yeah. um, with guys that are just in the, the dorm room where we have the bunks yeah. or in the workplace, whether it's working in the kitchen, helping out or in the garden or anywhere that, you know, the chores are asked of us. Sure. Um, these things that we do, we're able to, to touch base and realize just how human we are. And so that was the first thing is, is rebuilding that fellowship in the community. Yeah. And then second to that, I was able to take a little time to invest in my spirituality of things that that are close to my heart. And a part of that was uh, playing the piano a little bit, you know, and I, and I never really had any, any experience in doing that, but there's one available here and I was able to sit down and kind of learn a little bit of the notes and play and uh, so much emotion came over me. And so I started to, to sink in my head, you know, uh, about God and also about my family. And I started to just close my eyes and play and beautiful music came out. Well, at least it was to me. Yeah. And I, I felt this feeling of starting to get a, a wholesome life again. And before I was very bitter, you know, and, and very uh, closed minded. Um, but suddenly, like I said, a community and, and a place to, to practice music and let, let the Lord play through me. Um, these things have allowed me to expand uh, uh, upon myself. And then um, going out in the community and doing the street ministry, which is something that's available to us in the morning, I get out and do a healthy walk. Yeah. And so 20 minutes out of the day every morning, I walk downtown, yeah. I'm able to clean up the streets, I stop and I smell the flowers on the trees, I look around and I think to myself, wow, you know, it feels good to be home. Wow. So so I love the way that you frame the activities of the day. You know, you're you're saying, you know, look, I get to I get to go out. I get to go out and 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 do, you know, clean the streets and, and these kinds of things where um somebody who's really resistant to change, you know, will often see that as a you know, oh no, they're making me, they're forcing me to do this thing. They see the the work and the chores as something that's being um, you know, kind of harshly put upon them. Um, but you've got this just really delightful way of thinking about it, you know, it's, that I think is the, I mean, the, the work's the same, you know, you, the same, you could have two guys doing the, doing the streets, one guy who is, um, who feels like, you know, it's being some kind of a punishment on him and, and a, and a guy that's framing it in his mind, like you're doing it where, you know, golly, I get to go out and help the community and I get to go out and smell the flowers and I get to do a good, healthy walk every day and, and all those things. And um, and they'll walk back with two absolutely different tales from doing the exact same thing. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people can be at di- different steps in their walk, yeah. at different stages in, in where they are in life. Yeah. Um, different hardships may have come over them in the years. Um, bad advice, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know can, can really get to you, and sometimes it creates more problems than it's supposed to cure. Right. So when I hear those stories, like you're saying, and the other people that I've been around, um, and they talk about the inconvenience of some of those things that we're asked to do here, sure. like go down and clean the street ministry, I try to just open up my heart and mind to them and just let them know that, remember that, you know, for for the things that have 
come against us in life yeah. and the hardships we have that might make you seem evil or, or, or you know, uh, ill-content towards yeah. others, yeah. just remember that you can be the light. And by going down and, and you know, cleaning the streets or just talking to somebody like in that moment what I'm doing, that's one way to change the community and to improve upon things and to, to help alleviate the troubles that have that have come their way in the past yeah. to not continue that forward, break the cycle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know I've had lots of people in the community uh, thank me personally, but also just stop. You know, we have businesses that are just opening up as our as our guys are going out and cleaning the streets and stuff. Who just they they take the time every time that they you know get it every time they see somebody from the mission walking by uh, to open up their doors and just say hey hey thank you. Thank you for going through and cleaning up the streets every every day. You it know? it and, feels good. Yeah. It's a sense of pride. Yeah, like I said yeah, it's, it's it, community, well, and, and my family's here too. You know. Yeah. You know, and so I know that somewhere along the day they could be driving by and they could look over and see that it's kept up on, and I took part in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that, you know, that sense of ownership in the community and, and, and you know, with your family there, with, uh, with you know, you, you recognize this is where I'm going to live. You know, I, I, can, I can put any foot forward. Why not put my best foot forward, right? You yeah. know, and, and get out and do it that way. Um, so the homeless in, in our area you know, there seem to be a lot of people kind of migrating into uh, into the city of Grants Pass from outside the area. Although I'm sure there are a, a few natives along along the way here, but they seem to be coming in and and camping in our city parks and and whatnot. And I know that this is pretty troublesome for the community. It has been for some time now. Um, I mean, when and when we go out and we try and talk to them and we say, you know, why why not? go to the mission, they t- their tendency is to say things like, well, you know, the mission's got all these rules. Well, the mission is, is uh, they're going to make me stop smoking or, or whatever. Um, I mean, uh, would in the odd event that somebody's going to be watching this from that group, is there, would there be anything you'd say to them? Just just to try it, man, to take a leap of faith and just walk through the door. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Then then you can step back until you're ready. Right. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna chain you down. Nobody's gonna, <laughs> you know, take you in and yeah. all of a sudden start to 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 circ- encircle you and give you pressure. Right. The idea is that the door is open. And if you just come in here and try it, you might be in that that might be that moment in your life when things get better and, and you can move forward, but you won't know unless you try. Yeah. I mean it I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And and at that moment when I first came in, I mean I was that was that point where I decided that you know I have to try. But it was absolutely terrifying. I didn't know what was next for me in life, you know, how yeah. how I would be received. Um you just got to try it, man. You just got to step through the doors. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, you know, it, it starts with just you know taking that that leap into kind of the unknown. Um, you know, and there's some that maybe um, they try it, but it gets a little scary for them for a minute. They're not sure about it, so they back away before they've actually even stayed, you know, a week. They come in and stay a night or two, and then they, you know, turn and run. Um, but from what our stats show, it's like about a third of those people who leave will actually circle back around. They'll, they'll circle back around, and they'll... They'll try it again. And usually that second time through, they're a little more, you know, familiar with what's coming. There was a gentleman that was staying here for a little while when I, about two weeks into my, my um, this stay, yeah. I've been here. Um, now, when he came in, he was off standish, had his hoodie up on yeah. his sweater. Uh, his type of uh, perception was given that you'd think, well, I can't trust this guy. You know, he might try to take my backpack or, you know, I keep an eye on him. Right. And, you know, I started to go over and get to know him. I said, you know, I didn't want to judge this person the way that I myself have felt judged in the past. And I started to ask him and he eventually told me his name. And I was like, wow, you know, it's good to meet you. And he started to open up and started to help me out there outside doing some of the gardening and things. And it was neat to see how he started to open up his personality and start to, to, to work and communicate and yeah. um, was telling me a little bit about his backstory. And, um, you know, he's not here today, so I don't think it's appropriate to name his sure, name. Sure. His name. That's fine. Uh, but he, he could see just this, this sense of alleviation that somebody was taking the time just to spend with him one-on-one. Yeah. And, and I thought in that moment, you know, like, wow, this is, this is 
how it works. You know, so for the gentleman, like you're saying, that somebody might come in and it doesn't work for them and they turn around and they and they leave and they can come back. Well, it really just comes down to to knowing that somebody is cares and wants to hear them, you know? Yeah. And if we just give the them the first day, then then yes, I do believe that they come back around because yeah. it's hard not to it's it's hard not to 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 feel that sense of community when you're here. And I would just want everybody to feel that. That's good, man. Well, you know, one I, I know for from my experience, you know, as as I've been working with uh been working with the men as intensely and, and the men and women here uh both for the last 12 years, um, I, I've noticed that there's kind of like an ebb and flow sometimes within the resident population, and a lot of the time it depends on, it's it's every bit as dependent upon the residents themselves. Like, if I have a bunch of people who are in who just really are kind of angry at authority and, and, and you know, full of um, a lot of fear, uh, they can kind of generate their own kind of little storm within the mission, and and that can really bring a lot of people down in their Absolutely. state. But on the opposite side, and this is kind of where I, where I'm seeing right now, currently we've just got this really good this really good vibe going on in the mission, where there's a lot of guys like yourself who are coming in. Um, your intention seems to be just I, I just need to get my life turned around and 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 I'm grateful for any opportunity and then along the way because of that and because of the humility at which you're you're coming to the table you're able to approach other people with that same kind of humility that allows them to feel uh, connection and you know, feel connection with you, have good conversations with you and other residents along the way, helps them drop their guard. And and then what happens is you get, kind of get this little brotherhood thing going on in here that's yeah. really cool, man, and I love that. A, a lot of the, the things I dealt with in life when I was growing up, you know, that contributed to, to my poor mindset and ultimately my bad choices in life really came from not feeling that I had someone close to me that I can open up with and talk to. Um, every human being, you know, needs, needs somebody. Um, sometimes you have a church to go to that you can talk to someone and sometimes you don't, you know, it just depends on your background and where you grew up and who you grew up with. And it's only now on this stage that in my, in my life that I'm able to actually get those things. You know, I've always had a connection to God when I looked up, um, the stars or, you know, and hear the word on, maybe on the radio, the word of the Bible, and those things were, you know, touching to me in my heart, but I didn't truly understand them. Right. But since being here, I've been able to to really understand it more. And then working with the other men and communicating, hear their backstories, equal amount of hardship, equal amount of, of troubles that have become to them. But yet, through all that, you know, we can find some strength, and through all of our, our indifference, we still are able to get up in the morning and have a bowl of cereal together, you know, and maybe put get a chair for the other guy or, yeah. or wash the dishes. And, and you know, he's, you know, uh, got something somewhere to go where he gets a phone call from a family member. So say, hey, don't worry, I'll finish washing the dishes for you. You know, sure. that sense of community and that brotherhood that you're talking about, you know, that's something that is extremely important in life. Yeah. And it's and it's offered here and it's available. Yeah, yeah. I, I we we've uh, we've long said that you know people run out of relationship long before they run out of money, um, and and that's why we don't think that just throwing a lot of free stuff at people is really the the solution to the problem. It's on, it's a, that relational thing. On my deathbed, I will not have my possessions, but I will have I will have my family, my yeah. friends, and my fellowship. Yeah. That I'll take with me. My memories made with my fellow man, yeah. walking walking in Christ. You know, um, those are the things that I can hang my hat on when I die. It's not going to be you know the the possessions that I've had or, or fast how fast my car was or you know the, how cool my cell phone was or any of these things. I've had to learn that now. Yeah, you know, um, it really comes down to fam- family, friends, and faith. Yeah, you know, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I well, I I agree with you a hundred percent, man. And it's it's exciting to see 
um, you know, what the Lord's got going on in your life, uh, what's, what's happening in, you know, the changes that he's obviously making in you. Um, that's, it's exciting to see. It's, it's exciting to see how God is working, uh, in and through, in and through you to reach others along the way. Um, so that's encouraging, man. I mean, how, what an honor it is to be used by God to, uh, be a support to other people and to help other people. You know, yeah. uh, I, mean, I mean, that's a, that's why the staff and I get together. You know, that's why we get up in the morning to do what we do. There's a, a gentleman that works here. Um, he's one of the mail mail coordinators. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's da- uh, <laughs> sorry, my name is John. John, yeah. Okay, John Davidson. Yeah, I'm getting messed up, but John is an outstanding person. Yeah. Um, I sat down with him and I just opened up to him when I first got here and I and I just went to my my total open heart and just told him the depths of my situation. And he said, look, man, he's like, you know, God loves you and you're created in God's image. And, and that's what you need to know is that there's purpose for you. And I really took that to heart and, and I've been able to, to be of service while I've been here and do what I can. And, uh, this, you know, he, he himself was in that moment as, as a coordinator here, he was the person that was there, that just helped to reaffirm my direction and where I was going. And I very, I'm very grateful for everything he's done and for you and, and the facility. But moving forward now, taking all that, like you said, I, I, I think to myself, how can I pass that on? Yeah. How can I move that forward? Because there's plenty of people that I've come across in there through life, even still to today, that might look at me and be like, You're you're just a nobody. You're you know, you're off the streets or you have a history or you're just you're this this person, you're less you're 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 less than what we expect, right? You know, for the person that we want to hear from. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not good enough, right? And I think to myself, man, that's just that's just a bad mindset. Yeah. And having my family out there, I think, well, how are these people talking to my family? You know, and how do I want my my son and my daughter and my 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 mother and my brother? How do I want them to approach and and talk to? So I had to think to myself, I wanted them to be talked with love and kindness and and respect. And so I. I made that choice, and and it was reaffirmed through through John there to start to go around and talk with the fellow men around me and talk with the people I come across on the street and say, hey, you know, how you doing today? And and just open up as a human being to them yeah. in hopes that it comes full circle and that this world itself can heal itself because yeah. right now there's so much going on, oh, you know, with, with, with this short-sightedness and... and Man, it just it can be better. It really can be better. You just have yeah. to make a choice. Yeah. And I've made a choice. And like I said, it's my my journey myself uh, isn't over yet. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of things that I'm still working forward through to 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 reamend things and and to try to to change what I can and accept things I can't. And until then, just be of service and try to be a a, a fellow member of the community. Yeah. Well, good man. I'll tell you what. That's the kind of people you're, you're. What you're talking about is being the kind of a person that everybody in any community should want in their community, right? I mean, we want neighbors and people that we work with and for that are that that come at it with integrity, that come at it with um, with a sense of of care. Uh, for each other and and are lo- looking out for each other in, in all of those things um, and that uh, that don't sit there and continuously judge a person by uh, the, the mistakes of their past but look on how are they building themselves moving forward where, where's the what's the man or woman this person wants to become um, because that's going to eventually be that's going to be closer to who they will become than the mistakes of their past, and and there's a lot of freedom in that. It's lead by example, and yeah. when you don't see somebody else leading, right? You have to take the leadership. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I know. We've got so many armchair quarterbacks that just want to sit in and you know make. Uh, you know, call the shots from the from the comfort of the I was, couch. I was one of them. Yeah, I've been there too. I've I was been one there of them. too. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, now you got to just step up and go. I have decided that I'm going to be a different person. That that the guy that I have to compete with is really me yesterday. 
that's the only guy I have to compete. I got to be better than that guy, you know, and, and try and try and do better than I did the day before. Yeah. You know, um, so in the, in the garden here, you know, it's nice that we have that available to us. It's one of the opportunities, whether it's working in the kitchen or out in the garden. Right. And out in the garden, I find there's, there's God in the garden Yeah. and it's something that's very therapeutic to me. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that we have a community garden here. Yeah. So when I'm out in the garden, I'm, when I'm working, even though it's the beginning of the season and we're just starting to get, you know, some lettuce in, starting to get a little bit of, uh, some cabbage in these different things. I've learned through gardening that what we nurture grows and what we neglect dies. Yeah. And it was something that, that I didn't fully understand that mindset when I was younger, you know, a younger man. Sure. But now I see it. And then I see, see the same thing through our practice in life and how God works in our life. You know, if we take the time to look in the Bible and to read some of the Proverbs and take the time to communicate with our fellow man, yeah. those things that we nurture and we build upon, they, they flourish and become fruitful. Yeah. And just the same, if we close that Bible, if I neglect the weeds and if I don't water the, the garden out there, yeah. or I don't take the time to, to speak with my fellow man about the Word, or have open ears more yeah. than open mouth, then I find those things are neglected and, and they die and they die out. And, and worse yet, they're replaced with something that you don't want, whether yeah. it be bad soil or a disease or in our own lives, just a lack of faith or a spitefulness. Yeah. You know, and so I'm I'm very glad for for the program that we have here. And if anybody was going to come to this mission, as, as I said, yeah. just to take the leap of faith and to step through the doors, yeah. I also welcome them to come out and work in the garden. How cool is you that? Know? Yeah, come out. There's garden, God in the garden. Yeah, and, and sure. And it goes back to the community, too. What we grow here is donated, you know, uh, part of it's used as a facility, part of it goes back to the rock, yep. um, which is here. And that's that's really neat to know that I'm able to provide for the people around me, that somebody out there is being able to to nourish their family through my labors. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Man, isn't that cool? It's uh, That garden is really, uh, it ought to be, you know, a... Uh, it ought to be, you know, in in national headlines. I mean, it's it's really we have uh, fifty two raised beds. Um, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful garden. We produce, uh, you know, anywhere from, I mean, depending on the year, you know, maybe thirty five hundred pounds all the way up to I, I've produced as much as ten thousand pounds out of that that garden. Um, and mm-hmm. it it varies. Some days, some years, it, it has great, uh, you know, great production, and other years because uh, we can't find the people that want to work in it and everything. Uh, it gets over. It gets overgrown by weeds and and, and everything like that. And this, uh, this year is going to be. This is going to be the year I can tell this already. Is be a good one. We have we have yeah. a good group of guys working it. Yeah. Uh, myself, Bradley, David, James, and hopefully some other gentlemen. You know, here that come through the doors, be able to help out. Yep. It's going to be awesome. That is so cool. Well, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. About three years ago, we had three or four years ago, we had a couple of guys that were uh, working it so well. Uh, and staying on top of it, that we actually took like a bunch of uh, first place, second place, third places at the county fair with our with some of the produce that we came out of there, and and uh, I expect that this year will probably be a, a similar year. Yeah. Um, well, hey, um, you know, if there's some way that our audience, the the people that are paying attention here, might pray for you, Anthony, is there anything, any prayer requests that you'd have for them uh, that you just say, hey, you know. If you would, if you think about me as you're praying, ask for this. Uh, Anything comes to you mind. Know, I have a hard time asking for things for myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mostly ask for the, the community. Sure. You know, for those that are needing the community. But if I was being asked to ask something myself, it's just that I can continue to be of service to the Lord. Okay. Good. Good. Well, there you have it, man. I mean, that's a that's an honest prayer, and um, and you can't ask for better than that. With, you know, in God's hands, we can do. There's nothing we can't do. I mean, you know, between you know any one of us, he gave us plus th- God, he gave us thumbs. For yeah, that right. So exactly. we can we can do things. We're made to work, right? Got to come to the table. That's this, right. You know, the table, right? Amen. Here. I, I'm I'm in total agreement, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. And uh, my prayer is that there's people you know that are being encouraged by this, and uh, and that we continue to just do serve many more Anthony's coming through. You know, we've got the doors open to, to do the kind of work that we do so that people like you that, that are saying, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want a different life, that they have the opportunity to do what they it's, want to do. It, it's never too late to come to Christ. Yeah. It's never too late to get your life together. Yeah. 
and it's it's never too late to make the decision yeah. you know just the decision that to to be the example and if if you were down on the streets and you're in the gutter or if you're somebody who's higher up in power and you don't like the way that the world's going just make the choice and start to be be that example that good example and hopefully it's with the bible in your hand amen amen well, again, thank you. Uh, all right. Well, now is time for our ministry spotlight. We've got uh, the folks from Salvation Army, so stick around. My name is Lieutenant Joe McBride. I am the commanding officer here at the Salvation Army in Grants Pass. My primary goal as an officer and for my ministry is to help folks get saved to bring them to the, the foot of the cross so that they can meet Jesus, the, the author and perfecter of their faith, and, um, and to help um, share His love to those in the most need with the resources and all that we provide uh, within this community to make sure that um, those resources that are given to us are able to be used to further His kingdom to the folks that we serve here in Grants Pass. Whenever the folks come, whenever people who come in through our doors daily it's uh, using the, utilizing the resources that we have to make sure that we are meeting the physical and practical needs of those who come through our doors because a lot of them come from different walks of life. But the, the mission is always the same, is to make sure that we are meeting the human and practical needs in Jesus' name without discrimination and nothing but His love that is conveyed to those who come to us for assistance. Because it, it does sadden our hearts to see uh, homelessness. It sadden, uh, saddens our hearts to see see um, just things that are going on within our community because we don't want to uh, overlook these, but we want to come alongside them and say, hey, how can we help? And that's what we want to do. It's a beautiful day in Grants Pass, Oregon, and what better thing to do for fun than to go down to the Gospel Rescue Mission's Booth Street Thrift Store. At Booth Street, you'll find all kinds of nifty things for sale that the whole family will enjoy. Whether you're looking to donate your gently used household items, or if you're just browsing for that special find, the friendly folks at Booth Street will make sure you have a swell time while you're here. Even the little ones will love it. You'll leave knowing that your purchase will help the needy in our community. So don't be a wet rag. Beat feet, burn rubber, and come down to the Booth Street Thrift Store for some new threads. Booth Street Thrift Store, located on the corner of Booth and Foundry right here in Grants Pass. And that's the word from the bird. That's the bird from the word. The word from the bird, right? How, how awesome is that? Okay, it is time for terrifying mission rule of the week. Here we go. Mission rule number 10, you are responsible for your children. You are not to leave your, chi your child in the care of another person or for any reason without written approval from GRM staff. If you leave your child unattended or in a dangerous or potentially dangerous condition, you and your child will be told to leave the mission. Okay, so here's the scenario. So uh, you have a a woman with their children staying at the Gospel Rescue Mission, but they've decided that they want an opportunity to go, say, uh, connect with a boyfriend or run to the grocery store. And, and so what they end up doing is trying to talk another mission resident into babysitting for them for just a minute. And uh, next thing you know, a uh, child needs a diaper change or something's going on and you, you, you're going, well, wait a minute, where's the mother? Oh, well, we made some kind of an agreement that, uh, that we'd watch them, but I really didn't want to and I'm not really good at, at that and it becomes obvious in that moment that that person's not. And all of a sudden, we're responsible for this child um, and it stops the whole day. So the idea is, hey, you know, come with your children. That is fine, but you're responsible for them. It's your job to be a good parent, and it's your job to watch them during the time that they're here. So uh, that's mission harsh rule of the week. And, uh, boy, you hear about the harsh rules of the mission and, uh, and, and how rough they are and how hard they are, what a barrier they are to coming in. Um, 
And I'm hoping that as you've been hearing rule now number 10, uh, all the rules that you realize, oh, these are just kind of common sense rules. They're not that harsh. And that's what they're intended to be. Okay, it's time for Brian's books. And today we are going over Crucial Conversations. Um, it is now in its third edition. This is by the guys, uh, used to be called Vital Smarts, and now it is uh, Crucial Learning. Uh, this is Joseph Grenny, Carrie Patterson, Ron McMillan, Al Schweitzler, and Emily Gregory. And I can tell you this, um, this series, these guys have written several, uh, several books. This is a group of sociologists who've come up with um, some real interesting things that help with group dynamics. They help with uh, self-improvement. They, they help with all kinds of different things. And one of the things that's key to all good uh, relationships, to all good um, momentum in a company to all good success in life is the ability to negotiate crucial conversations. So um, to give you an idea, I mean, these, these guys have impacted our ministry so much. First of all, they have... Um, they have uh, sponsored us as far as uh, getting getting materials to us so we can teach these classes um, over the, over the years. We are so grateful to them, but their ideas have been fantastic. In fact, next week we're going to really take a deeper dive into some of the ways we've applied uh, the things that we've learned from crucial conversations. Um, but let me give you a, a, just kind of a quick snippet. Um, one of the things that they talk about is that if you don't have, if you're not willing to have or good at having crucial conversations, crucial conversations are those conversations where somebody's got to say something, but nobody wants to because uh, they're tense, they're hard, we don't, we're not skilled at getting in and out of them very well. And so what ends up happening is that people will move to what they call silence or violence. Now, if you looked at the homeless community right now and you were to say, what's going on out there? Well, they're isolating from one another so that they don't have these good conversations because they're not skilled at it. Or they're moving to violence. And so you're getting both silence and violence coming out in in the you know, for the reason that they don't have good skills at having these difficult conversations. Somebody needs to be able to tell them, you know, golly, you know what, uh, you're, not inter- you're not interacting with people in a way that's appropriate or healthy or conducive to communication. And so learning how to have crucial conversations is so important. We're going to talk next week about um, what we would call the path to action and the things that I've learned in in uh, in the path to action, how to affect people and help them leave this homeless cycle um, by helping them understand themselves better and how they interact with other people. Uh, and again, Lessons that we all learn through crucial conversations. Um, by this is this is the second edition. What I have posted there is the third edition. You can click on the link in the show notes below, and uh, and buy it for yourself. We'll be talking about this. We'll be talking about change anything. Maybe some of their other books, influencer uh, or crucial accountability. All of them very very good books and uh, worth your read. Um, okay. We're now moving to what does the Bible say about homelessness and how does it apply? Today's scripture uh, comes to you from Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 22 through 24. It says this, Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your inheritance as the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So one of the things that that one of the reasons that we believe that Christianity really does provide the solution to uh, the Christian to the, to the homeless dilemma in our nation is in fact because we see 
Uh, we understand work and service differently than uh, those who would kind of like bait us into class separation and you know wealth envy and all kinds of different things. We just recognize that it doesn't matter where you are in life, no matter what you do, that you do if you do all things as unto God, if you recognize that my job, my job is, let's just say I'm working for McDonald's um, and I'm serving fast food, if I, if I treated everything that I did there as if I was serving God himself, so let's say I'm making hamburgers as if I was going to make them for Jesus Christ, if I was going to try and make the best hamburger in the world because I wanted Jesus to be pleased with it, if I did my work, whether it was cleaning the bathrooms or the just mopping the floor or whatever, if I was doing it as if I was trying to please God with my work, if I recognized that everything that I was doing was to please a God who's always watching, not just when the boss walks in, but he sees everything and he sees the condition of my heart from the inside out. And he's always challenging me at that level. Now, if I did that at McDonald's, I'm telling you right now, you would everybody would be flocking to McDonald's because that's the kind of integrity that would go into the making of that burger. And it's the same way with everything. If, if people made shoes as, as if they were making them for Jesus himself, boy, oh boy, whoever made those shoes would be making the best quality product anywhere. And then, and then all the way up to the CEO. If you're the CEO of a company and you're going, golly, I'm the one in charge of everything, and I need to treat not only my board of investors as Jesus, but also every single employee that comes beneath me, that I need to treat them and recognize that, man, I need to, I am reflecting Christ to them, but I'm also serving them as if I'm serving Christ. See, we all, we all submit to each other. We all work together in, in, uh, as if the Lord is watching and paying attention and concerned with every detail of everything we do. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not only by a way of eye service as people pleasers, but with a sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And surely we heard that even today in our interview with Anthony. We heard that, you know, here's a person that's going out into the streets, doing our street ministry, but he's doing it because he knows that there is a God in heaven who's watching over him and understands that even if he doesn't get his reward immediately now, he knows that it's nothing's missed on the Lord. He will be rewarded for his good work. And that's true for you. That's true for me. And when we live our lives that way, golly, if the whole world lived its life that way, uh, we would be uh, blessing each other left and right. We would be a world full of kindness, full of goodness, full of integrity towards our fellow man. Uh, and, and that would just be an amazing thing, don't you think? All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another Mission Live. I'll tell you what, if you are, you know, if, if you've made it this far into the video, would you do me a favor? Would you subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already? Would you share us? Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, share, like, and follow us, you know, on those things, share us with a friend, um, maybe, uh, create a link and send it to somebody in an email. Uh, if there's something that really struck out to you also, would you do me a favor? If there's something that, um, really moved you in, in any of this that you want a further discussion on, would you just make a note in the comments and go ahead and put it down there? Because we want to talk about things that are interesting to you along the issue of homelessness Along the way. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on Apple Podcast and on SoundCloud so you can hear the audio for this and uh, share it with a friend. And again, I just thank you so much for taking the time to watch another Mission Live. God bless you. And may you have a great day.